let's plug in because it's time for the Music is Win podcast. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to another week of the Music is Win podcast. My name is Tyler and I am your host. I really should come up with like some sort of intro that you guys can expect, but maybe that is the intro. Something unexpected. Either way, I have an awesome show for you this week. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you like to listen to podcasts, or of course you can watch here on YouTube. I have a great guest this week, but before I get to that gentleman, I want to fill you guys in on a little experiment that I ran. Maybe you've been seeing a certain guitar player's name sprinkled across my social media over the past few days. That guy's name is John Mayer. It was sort of like an experiment for me to see what you guys like to click on and watch. And I actually learned a lot. The first thing I did was simply create a video of me playing John Mayer riffs and the title of the video was John Mayer in the title. And that video performed about as well as I thought it would. Nothing too crazy, but also more than some lesson videos that I've made and spent almost a day on as opposed to about 20 minutes. So it was a sort of exercise in experimenting with the YouTube, I wouldn't say the algorithm, but just uh, the behavior of you guys and you know how maybe this stuff is promoted but afterwards I created a video with my wife Bethany and it was a cover of one of John Mayer's songs and it was really hardcore production and uh, I thought it was really fun but that video didn't perform as well as a video that I put out the same exact day called teaching my wife a red hot chili peppers solo and that video was much more raw and I think the sort of learning here is that in a lesson format, you actually prefer the longer form content and the less edited content. And I think there's always going to be exceptions. Uh, The content type is ultimately what's going to dictate what performs the best. And honestly, I'm not concerned with views. I know some of you guys were like, oh, put John Mayer in the title, you'll get views. I don't care about views. I don't depend on views to uh, support Music Is Win. There's other kind of mechanisms working to build this business up, but I do want to have you guys see my hard work and, and benefit from it. So if there's a way that I can make that happen while still maintaining the quality of the content that you enjoy watching, then I'm gonna do that. So I just wanted to let you know my channel is not turning into uh, music is John Mayer or John Mayer is win. That was just a little experiment and I appreciate your feedback and support regardless. Now let's move along to the featured section of the Music is Win podcast this week. There's a guy named Bosco France and he is the king of the blues. No, really, he is. He won the Guitar Center Battle of the Blues contest in 2012, and he really is the embodiment of raunchy, angry, modern blues. And I say angry 
that's a compliment. He is actually the nicest, most humble, down-to-earth, chill guy I've ever met. And I had an amazing time just hanging out and listening to him. He's a really wise person and he sort of has this image of a rootsy, you know, guy from Kentucky who slings the slide blues, but he's extremely proficient. He shreds and just a really, really nice human being. I think I've said that about pretty much everybody I've had on the podcast. Uh, everybody's really nice. And in this business, I know people are like, you'll never make it unless you can stab someone in the eye and not blink. That's not true. Just be good at your instrument and don't be a douche and the rest will take care of itself. So more about Bosco. He is a guitar player in the band, the Bosco France Band, and they are recording right now. You can check out his band in the show notes. He does both uh, finger picking, like chicken picking style stuff, as well as slide and everything in between. He cites influences uh, that you would expect, like Rory Gallagher or Chuck Berry, but he also cites influences such as Eric Johnson. So he really spans the gambit of guitar proficiency and that will shine through in the little segments of playing that we do together. Also, he gave me this, this little bottle slide. Uh, I don't know the significance of this slide, but I do know that uh, when I met him at Experience PRS uh, this summer, he just gave this to me. It was the last night and he just took it out of his pocket and we were kind of saying our goodbyes. Everybody was leaving the next morning. He took it out of his pocket. He said, it was great meeting you, man. Here, take this. And I felt like I was being bequeathed with some talisman, like sort of like the pick of destiny, but this is like the slide of destiny. Uh, he told me the story I cannot remember. Maybe I'll hook up with Bosco later on and get the full story and update you guys. But he told me this slide has been around. And so that's what leads me to believe that I will achieve intergalactic guitar oneness with this object. So I'm very grateful to have met somebody like Bosco who's not only just a demigod of guitar playing but just such a nice and uh, charismatic and caring person. Another really interesting thing about Bosco is his ability to tell stories and that obviously translates through with his guitar playing. Everything he says musically is interesting and compelling, but his literal storytelling is pretty cool. You're hanging on every word, so this is an awesome podcast for you guys to expect. We kick it off with him telling the story of his PRS CE22 that he actually ended up buying twice. I'll just leave it at that. We'll start with a little bit of jam to let you hear what Bosco sounds like and then he actually gives me that guitar I just mentioned to kind of pluck around on and get a feel for and then he jumps into the story and we're off. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's podcast with Bosco. France. Thank you. 
cool with fingers too because like normally you might think of heavier gain stuff but I think that's what I like about it is that when you play with your fingers you know they really oh man I haven't my old custom 24 had this switcher I, I'm a rotary 5 guy I always liked it I didn't know what pickup position someone is so that because if you get so into it you're like oh they're in that fourth position and it's like I just want to listen to it Sometimes I, most of the time, if I'm really digging something, I'll close my eyes because sometimes you can be turned off by, um, you know, sensory things like seeing something and you're not seeing music, you're supposed to hear it and feel it. So I close my eyes and I'm like, you know, like you can get caught like, hey man, that guy's got a lot of scarves on his mic stand. Well, that doesn't affect his vocals, it's a presentation, so. Great. So kind of can you, you started to tell me, can you kind of describe this, uh, this instrument, like what it's all about, yeah, the history I'd love of to. it. I'd love to. Um, when I was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, aged up a little bit. I'm 41, so when I was coming up, it was strats and hats because of the all, you know, power of Steve Ray Vaughan. Mm -hmm. And then everybody wanted a little piece of that, so it was like, well, I'm gonna get a strat and hat. Um, I probably should have got a hat because all my hair fell out. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And then the other spectrum was shirtless with a Les Paul, like Slash. You know, like the sure. 90s kind of thing. And man, I, I never had the physique for that. You know, no, I wish I did. So, <laughs> no, this is the first guitar I ever bought with my own money. And I um, I ran into some uh, some financial woes, as it were, okay. in uh, like 2004 or five, and I lived in Nashville. And uh, I went to Paragon Mills Pawn Shop. And I remember getting my pawn ticket. And I'm like, I'm coming back to get this. And don't ever pawn anything, guys. Just don't, because you, you'll try to get back to it and something will happen. And I lost this guitar um, from around that time to 2012. In 2012, wow. I won a contest, uh, Battle of the Blues. It was formerly King of the Blues. Uh -huh. And uh, one of the prizes was like $1,000 worth of cables. <laughs> and they were lifetime cables, and I needed like one to the pedal board and one out from the pedal board. <laughs> and a mic cable, so yeah. like... After buying three lifetime cables, I had nine hundred seventy dollars left. Right. And um, I, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of scatterbrained. But no, no worries. When um, when I was on the road as a lighting guy with Brooks and Dunn, this is my buddy's phone number. And I want to cover that part up. Yeah, but sure. I needed to get so a hold of. There's a phone number carved into that thing. Yeah, I didn't have a pen, so I took the the cord of a little practice amp and just scrawled it in there. And I tell you what, I'm forever grateful I did because I, I lost this guitar from 2004 or 2005 around that time. And in 2012, my buddy called me. He's like, hey man, did you uh, ever write my phone number on a guitar? <laughs> I didn't like, write it, I carved it yeah. in. <laughs> I, and I knew what he was talking about to me. I was like, man, did someone call you? Do you know where that guitar is at? He said, yeah. This was after around the Nashville flood had happened. A bunch of guys had the, tragically lost some gear and stuff, yeah. but they were moving a lot of stuff too to get new stuff. So sure. And this came out of somebody's closet and uh, I got it back. And uh, I traded my $970 worth of uh, cable that I had left yeah. for this guitar back. So I bought this guitar twice. And uh, <laughs> I, I've only bought two guitars in my whole life. I bought this one, and I bought a 2007 CE22. When I didn't, you know, for those couple years, I was like, man, I, it's the best guitar ever. Nice. Um, little different, pickups were different. And uh, and I met Paul at a clinic at, at, at More Music in Evansville. That, you know, they were nice enough to have, and my buddy was like, you should go, you might meet him. And I was like, 
<laughs> you're crazy. And uh, I went, man, and uh, it's been awesome. Paul is the most gracious. He's been so kind to me. He's, He's an awesome very dude. So let's talk about some of your guitar playing and, and things. Like, I know you have, you know, you're working on an album, you said. By the way, link's in the description for Bosco's music. You can check out and your website. So what would you say the first thing is you play when you pick up a guitar? Um, I normally to loosen my hands up. There's, I'm a big guitar fan of every of all genres like country, yeah. classical, um, and I, I do a bad imitation of it all. Um, but that's kind of where I come from. Like we had, a, where I'm from, the gigs are VFWs and Legions and not not very rock star at all. Okay. Um, but they're good people and they want to hear music and so you learn those songs and. The other thing too is where can you play like a George Jones song and then throw some Eric Johnson in it. You know, just because you can really stretch out, you're at a bar, people. And uh, had I not kept my chops up doing that, then, um, you know, I wouldn't, when I met Paul, I wouldn't have been able to uh, play proficiently enough to make him be like, hey, that guy's all right. Cool. Um, but I, I usually warm up my right hand. Uh, yeah, you're doing couple, some cool hybrid picking stuff. Yeah, I, there's a great if 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 you don't hybrid pick and you want to learn, everybody knows a G chord. It's one of the first things everybody learns. Your hand kind of feels natural. What I tell people is hold the pick with um, your thumb and your index finger. You know, mm -hmm. and I I saw a video of Dave Mustaine when I was a kid. I'm a huge Megadeth fan, mm -hmm. uh, and he held a pick like he was making a fist. He was just like he's saying like ah, angry. You know, yeah. kind of intense. So. I noticed how he got around, so I hold my pick like that, and then I use these fingers. And I'm from Western Kentucky, home of Merle Travis, you know. Yeah, Travis. Um, so the like again, I do a bad version of it, but it's Sounds you try cool, stuff man. and you you sound like yourself. You know, that's a yeah. good thing because when I was a kid, I wanted to be Paul Gilbert one week. And then I wanted to be Roy Nichols one week. And then I wanted to be Roy Buchanan. Mm. Um, then I wanted to be uh, Reggie Miller, and that never worked out. Horrible, <laughs> horrible athlete. That's um, tough. But um, no, so I do uh, this thing with my fingers. So I grab the top string of a G, and I pluck the two middle ones. Up, and I'm closing the D, um, making an E note. Yep. And so I'm going to play a G, C, and D okay. with that kind of. So I do something like that. That was kind of horrible. But when I warm up, I like I'll set a tempo, a metronome, or something, because I find it's very important to practice to time. Sure. You know. So you know. So that 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 kind of stuff, and um, that really, and my I'm a big I man. When I watch a guitar player, look at the right hand. I, with, there are patterns we all learn, mm -hmm. and, and and you can get on the internet now, and I'm so grateful for it, and for channels like yours, and for guys that put up lessons that I couldn't learn stuff before, and uh, mm -hmm. like sweep picking, like that escaped me for a while, or like okay. the Steve Morris alternate picking, not sweep, you know. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, like that kind of stuff, and I'm horrible at it, but I still like to try. I want to yeah. feel like I know what's going on, or or go back and learn something like I couldn't play when I was a kid. Like the other day, I did. I swear I didn't know that "Flight of the Bumblebee" was recorded with a delay pedal. Oh, so I didn't the know Nuno bit. Oh, the Nuno one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that, so I tried to learn it when I was a kid without a delay pedal. <laughs> Just played like, a million notes yeah, for Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it, it sounded like it too. Yeah. Um, but I go back and, or like when I was a kid, Crossroads was a, not the Britney Spears movie, but Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Johnny, sweep the leg. Um, <laughs> that movie, you know that. Just, you know, trying to. And that was again sloppy, but uh, hey, man, it's early. Um, no, 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 but that's, that's what I do though. I try to loosen my hands up, and there's a Steve Bob picking exercise that was in his 10 hour workout. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, so I do that. I mean, I'm just like every other guitar player, you know, like right we all want to, we see stuff and we're like, oh man, I'd like to do that. But the thing that I, I that I, I'm older now and I'm pretty grounded in the fact that I'm around these amazing guitar players. Last night I was literally, I was like talking to David Grissom. I was, there was Davey Knowles and then there was Simon McBride and there was Dusty Waring and there was Amal Wurstler. And I'm like, man, I am the luckiest dude in overalls. I'm like the luckiest uh, guy in the world. Um, to, to get to talk to these guys, Dave Weiner was there. It's like, yeah. so man, when you when you do these picking things, you know, to ask them stuff and, mm -hmm. So the right, you know, the right hand stuff, I think, is what distinguishes all those players. Because we, we all owe a debt of gratitude to like guys like um, Eddie Van Halen, you know, or Eric Johnson, you know, you know that kind of thing. Um, and then the, those are groupings of notes in a pentatonic scale, you know. Yeah. And so all of us know that scale. And then you kind of think about it. We're all limited to, to the same twelve tones. We all have pretty much. Four yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and we're and we hear stuff and we emulate it that we like. It's just like art. Every one problem I have is like, how can there be great rock and roll if we keep comparing it to the old rock and roll? You don't see yeah. painters doing that. They still make art, they, and it's very viable. They mm -hmm. make a painting and people love it, but no one's going like, it's not as good as that Van Gogh over there. <laughs> you look at that. You appreciate it for what it is. I think with sure. music, it's it's so hard for young guys to really forge a path because you, you get compared to this or that. And I think in other mediums you don't. I think that um, it's great to have a sense of relevance in history. Mm. But if, if everyone did, they would, you know, you know, sing the praises of Chuck Berry. Wise words. Um, greatest guitar. You know, without Chuck Berry, if you want to be a rock guitar player and no good guitar, it starts in like 1956 with Chuck Berry. They're not, I'm not saying guitar does because there's a West Montgomery, sure, sure. Charlie Christensen, but you know. All those great double stops, you know. You know, just spreading butter on that route. <laughs> I love that stuff, so that's. Um, you know, I, I'm very scatterbrained as this interview will show. Oh no, man! Um, this is all. This is all. I I just love guitar, man, so much. And there's all styles. Like I'll sit down sometimes. And, you know, like oh, some Merle Haggard. Hmm. 
I had the wisest words I think I got were from a man named Red Volkart, who is a phenomenal human being. He happens to be also a world-class guitar player, but I was asking him, I was like, man, how do you not run out of ideas? He goes, well, if you're good about it, you take a little Roy Nichols in your first solo and you do that. Second solo, you know, um, maybe I do a little West Montgomery. <laughs> By the last solo, I'm Jimmy Page. You know, it's, and, it, and so he builds, and yeah. there's a whole art to that. There's an art to playing long solos and, and building. Uh, you know, I like all the Warren Haynes, Derek Trey, those guys are so phenomenal. And then there's guys that get in and get out and get to check. Elliot East is the best. The Cars guitar solos are absolutely yeah. phenomenal pieces of art within the song. It's like when you listen to a Beatles song, you're like, oh, that bass line's its own song. Right. His guitar solos are just... If you can sing the solo, it's just like, that's the, that's the thing. It's, I'm still searching for that, you know, that voice that you develop on the guitar is like when you find the right notes and it all just comes together. It's one to compose it, another thing to just hit it on the spot. Man, I t and it's hard because you run to the guitar players and there is a, even when there, you know, there are no egos underwater, Jimmy Herring, um, there are egos on the stage. Yeah. And uh, like if I'm the band leader, then I expect, and not, not in a, a mean kind of way, but I'm the band leader, certain people look at me for things, certain stops, starts, yeah. and uh, I want to be able to, to, to do those things but also when I solo, I want to be free enough to not be encumbered by, have I got to tell the keyboard player that we're going to a two or, you know, I want yeah. things to be tight, but um, I never play guitar the same way. I don't, um, I understand what people do, but you, if you watch any videos, um, I never play the solos ever the same way, even in my own songs. Well, let's, uh, let's play some now. <laughs> friends yet another week of the music is win podcast in the books make sure to check out bosco's awesome band and all of his endeavors in the show notes his website boscofrance.com is where you want to look and 
I'm going to see you guys next week. By the way, I mentioned this last week, but you want to leave a review on iTunes of this podcast. Just, you know, a little text review. This is a great podcast. This podcast is terrible. Hopefully you don't say that. But if you want to leave a review on this podcast, something is coming soon that is exclusively for those of you who leave reviews. You will be eligible to perhaps attain a very nice piece of gear. So I'll just leave that ambiguous for now. Thanks a lot for listening to the Music is Win podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Check it out here on YouTube. No matter what you do, just remember one thing. Keep shredding.